When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Kyla Tsenas. I'm Khaled Sinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Welcome to another edition of Zone Time. I'm Julian, Arun is here, Sam is here, and Tic Tac Tomar with a wide grin on his face i have i haven't seen him this happy to start an episode of zone time in a very long time a long t- maybe ever you'd think they'd have oh, won yeah. around see <laughs> and here oh julian see no 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 there 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 was a time julian where those little like side jabs would bother me but not today julian today is a day where i no no where us as Leafs fans I don't know, I'm not talking about you all specifically. I'm not a Leafs fan. listening. Leafs fans around hearing. the world, we can rejoice because Kyle Kendrick freaking Dubis walked into this deadline and said, you know what? Let's go. To quote Mario. Kyle Dubis' middle name because is Kendrick Frickin? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I okay, thought it'd be yeah, agree there. Whatever. Congrats. You guys, you, guys, <laughs> but, you guys got Sam Lafferty. You guys got Jake McCabe. Ryan O'Reilly mm, is on the mm. best, like, line in hockey, apparently. Like, everything's great. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now <laughs> all they have to do is just not let this happiness fall. Um, but I, I, will, I will say, without a doubt, I am, I am... I wouldn't say that I'm confident, but I'm not as scared and concerned as I was before. No, okay. I, I feel a lot better now heading into this series against Tampa because it's gonna happen. Okay, so, save some yes, of those leaves. Save save some of those leaves thoughts because we are gonna talk about uh some of the trade stuff that happened over the last few days with the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. loading up. Uh we're gonna ask why the Western Conference has been very quiet. Sam, I, I we, we need to talk to you talk to you about the Canucks again because you know it's Sorry. I got I had nothing to say about the Canucks. <laughs> uh, Sam, Sam, would Forget you like it. come on? Would, would you no 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 it's okay? Sam, would you like a, a slightly used Alex Kerfoot? No. For Luke Shen. No. Please. Okay, Please. what if what if someone what, was what am I gonna do with Alex Kerfoot? You, I don't know, but but Luke Shen will be back on the Leafs and then I'll be even happier. How do you know Luke Shen's gonna be a Leaf? I don't know. 
that that's the vision, man. That's is that that I, I I'm I'm seeing it. We got the second coming of Brian McCabe and Jake McCabe. Oh my god! We're bringing Luke Shen back. Okay, now now we have the Matt Sundin, right, Matthews? You know, I, I'm seeing it. I, I I'm seeing it. I I feel I you know you know what this is? Mm-hmm. The passion. You see <laughs> you see the blue liquid. You see the passion. Oh, I've oh man man man. You know what? You know what? It is it's okay. We, we you know what? We'll end up maybe maybe things go south and we clip this. And and it starts one of one of my depressing episodes, but you know what? I am so happy about the lease right now. Omar, if you keep this up, you're gonna passion all over your screen. Let's hold that for a <laughs> second. Um but I don't why why do we have to talk about the cocks? Well, JT Miller, right? He got scratched. He that means he has to be tradable this week, right? Lucic? Probably not. He's injured. Yeah, that, I know. That's that's yeah, but, the but, 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 but injured. But I mean, he... Shayna, Shayna said that uh, she was hearing rumors and she's been very on the ball so far. So maybe, but I'm skeptical. I mean, Shayna Goldman, I mean, you know, that's 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 the homie friend of the show. Shayna Goldman, by the way, uh, mm. doing great work. Uh, award winning writer. Having an yes. outstanding yeah. trade deadline. Yep. All right. Award winning writer. Let's all give our flowers to Shayna Goldman. Uh, also, can be heard on the Too Many Men podcast. Uh, you know, let's let's give her flowers, man, because she's killing it. Look, mm-hmm. this might be considering how she was going in on 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 the my on the Timo Meyer stuff too. This trade deadline, we're all looking at Chris Johnston, Frank Saravalli, of course Pierre LeBrun, fellow April Eleventher. But this might be the deadline <laughs> where people know, people put respect on Shayna Goldman's name. Let's give her flowers mm-hmm. now. We might as well do it. Honestly, great follow. Hundred percent. Go follow her. Um, guys, last week I went through Arizona, I went through Colorado, I went through Vegas. Ask me anything, <laughs> especially uh, about um, Bullet Arena. How was the white balance? Did you find yourself with a blue tint when you walked in, or was uh, it just like normal? I'm glad you added the blue tint part because the white balance thing. I mean, do you know what sport we cover? <laughs> um it was like when i was watching the game i was like why does everything look blue (laughs) in in arizona you mean or which which game yeah yeah in arizona like a mullet arena like everything looked blue i don't know sometimes look green i was talking with like when they had the player oh you go ahead yeah then they had the players do their interviews and intent and i was like okay Yo, this is cool. I don't know. I I thought the lighting was okay. I was talking to some camera guys. It seemed like the lighting was suitable for them. Uh, I love the student section that's behind the one of the nets where it's literally not even seats. It's just benches and people just sit on the benches. I love the press row where it's like, you know, literally, like I've said this on every podcast I've been on, but like if you push your laptop screen like further back, you will hit a fan in the head. Like that's how close you are to everybody and once people get up like if you're just sitting down like you got to get up too because you're just blocking everybody it would be the it's like the nicest echl arena and i mean that with like nothing but respect but like <laughs> bruh bruh okay. like what are we doing like yeah, i was about to i was about to say i was like i was like where are we going i'm like i'm like did does gary bedman have like a sniper dot on you i'm like why are you, why are you picking up bullet arena <laughs> what's going on here I mean, yes, for, for for a college arena, it looks great. However, like what what the heck? What's, what the heck? 
I don't, I don't, I don't understand. My favorite part. I don't get, how long, how long are they going to be there? Oh God. A uh, couple years, isn't it? I forget how long it's, it's, it's gift. I think it's supposed to be beyond this season for sure. Um, My favorite part is seeing the road team walk out of the arena, walk into this random corridor, walk into this little stretch that goes outside before essentially opening a back door that leads to uh, the visitor's dressing room. Like we're out, like what we're doing media availabilities with like Daryl Sutter, like outside. And it was like actually a cold night in Arizona. And I was like, what are we doing? Why is this? What's going on? Why is this? Not to be a downer on the Holy Spirit, but like, has the novelty like worn off about Mold Arena for the players, for the journalists? I don't know. I mean, for me, that was my first time seeing it. And like, there were some really cool things about it. I think next year, maybe partway through next year, it will be. It has to be, right? Like, there's no way that like everyone's gonna be like, oh man, like I'm gonna really put Arizona in my uh, in my travel budget for next season. Like, if, if you do it once, like, okay, you experienced it. I can't imagine people are like, I need to go through this every single year. And that's no disrespect to the fans who showed up. Like, they were they were really passionate. It was really cool to, you know, you're so close where you could experience the atmosphere, but like, guys. It's a really nice ECHL arena. It's a really cool university arena. Even if it was an AHL arena, like, like that's dope. But like an NHL, like it's 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 mind boggling that the NHL has gotten to this point where they're allowing a team to play in a five thousand seat arena as this one. But also, can we are we just gonna have to accept the fact that this is just the NHL and they're just gonna do stuff like this? I think you're you're framing the question in a very positive light for the NHL, Julian. Very right. fair. Like Very fair. Allowing, Maybe there is a dot on allowing me. the Coyotes to do this. I mean, not to throw a bucket of cold water on your parade over here, my friends, but the Coyotes got into the situation due to their own ineptitude. And I'm sorry. Like, if it was this cool college party like vibe, then great. I love parties. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I didn't like say hockey. that. I didn't say that. But, I didn't say. I didn't say cool college party. It was not a cool college party. It was like closer to like homecoming, if anything. Okay. Well, I mean, like, if it's like a different environment, sure, I guess you can buy into it. But this, like, this idea that like Mullen Arena is this great thing for the league, it's an embarrassment for the Coyotes no. in the league. No, 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 no. To be clear, like, I don't think it's something that's like, oh man, this is so fun for the league. It's like, it's like one of those things where, like, if you're if you have the privilege of being able to travel, you can say like, okay, you should at least just see it for yourself to see what it is. Yeah, fair. Like, yeah, don't take it as like, okay, man, they got to find a way to keep this and all that. Like, like in a few years, like when you play like NHL, like 28 or whatever, and then like you unlock mullet arena, some like arena you can play in the game or something. Yeah, EA Sports probably might not do that. Like if they did that, like they'd be like, oh, that's fun. (laughs) I don't know, but (laughs) I would high pitch laugh. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Could you imagine like your like trailer for NHL 28? It has like Austin Matthews or like a Coyotes jersey on the front, and it has like some random so like you could play mullet arena. <laughs> I can't imagine it. No, I'm sorry. He's not going to Arizona. I'm so- okay. uh, wait. I'm sorry. He's not going where, to where, Arizona. What the heck? <laughs> I just thought you were going to say like Connor Bedard. <laughs> okay. All right. We've Mitch. talked enough about mullet arena. Uh, let's talk about the trades. Let's let's talk about the fact that the Eastern Conference loaded up the way that they did. Uh, we can get uh, Omar to talk about how happy he is uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs getting the pieces that they got. But uh, Timo Meyer going to New Jersey. Yeah. Are we taking them a little bit more seriously than we were before? Let's start there. Like, how do you feel about 
New Jersey making that deal work. Like for me, like I, they look good. I have them in that same kind of tier with like Toronto, like they should be taken seriously, but not like Boston, Tampa seriously, but like still pretty good. And they made out pretty well getting that deal and not having to part with like Simon Nemich or I'm trying to think of another primary uh, Dawson Mercer. Like New Jersey did all right. They gave up like nothing. Yeah, that's that's what I want to focus on. They got Timo Meyer for basically nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mercer, Hughes, like sorry, the other Hughes, Luke, like, like they didn't they didn't lose like and again, I'm not like privy to like like the devil's organization, but like all the prospects, like devil's fans were hoping they wouldn't lose in a trade are fine. Yeah. Like, so like that makes the deal even better. Again, when you think about the fact that Meyer is an RFA, not a UFA. So like he can be part of this part of the system for a while. All these other prospects they have can be part of the system for a while. Like the devils are going to be a dangerous team. And like, I know I, I focus again, anytime I look on the standings, obviously I focus on like who the Leafs are going to face, but like, I, I don't know if it is right now, but, like, the Devils can face the Rangers in the first round. Yeah, a lot of people like, are trying to pencil well, that into the – Yeah, oh, exactly. like, that's an insane – that's an insane series. It might be we're, the most-watched series of the first round if we get yeah. Devils-Rangers. It will yeah. be. And both teams – both teams have sold the well, – sold pieces of the future to make themselves better. Sam, what were you saying? I just want to know, like, what else was on the table for Timo Meyer? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when – when the Bo Horvat trade broke a couple weeks ago, I think we said Lou Lamorello single-handedly tanked the value for, for Timo Meyer, but I did not expect it to be this bad. Like surely, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to like give Mike Greer a hard time, but like, I don't, I don't understand it. Let's give Mike Greer a hard time. He botched this. Like, I'm sorry, he botched it completely. I mean, he still got a conditional first out of it, among other pieces. The conditional first doesn't matter, man. Fabian Zetterlund's the best part of that return, and, like, he's a good player for the Devils. But, sure, like, first round – if there's one resounding theme of this deadline, first round picks don't matter to good teams. This is not the NFL where you're going to get a player at number 10 and they're going to have an immediate impact on your team. There's no Michael Parsons to be found in the the 20s and 30s of an NHL draft. I think people have gone so idea – so it comes from the idea from the NFL and the NBA that their first round picks are going to make an immediate impact. They're not going to make an impact. So every time I see people say, oh, my precious picks, it's like, great. That could matriculate in four or five years. I think, I mean, Sam and Omar nailed it. I mean, the devil's giving up next to nothing for Myers. Really the real takeaway, you know, does it make them more of that to answer your question? Like it does. I think it's a good move. And they were the biggest picture. Like I think the devil's real question is like, will their goaltending hold up? You know, well, Vitek Vancek and Mackenzie Blackwood hold up. But, yeah, like, uh, the most fun team in the NHL has got a lot more fun and fast and with, like, a power forward. Also, too, I don't think we've touched on it. Like, well, maybe we did on the RFA status. The whole, like, oh, no, Timo Meyer has a $10 million qualifying offer. He's 26 years old, man. Like, if you if your best player is 21 years old and 24 years old, respectively, and Jack Hughes and Nick Hitchier, he fits their timeline. So, like, I don't understand, like, why, oh, no, it's going to be this big burden for us to sign a 26-year-old in the prime of his career that aligns with our top players. It's not a burden. 
it, like, the, the, the thing, but I think the point is, is that like, you know, not every team could afford to put in a guy with a $10 million qualifying offer, even if he is 26. I think the the, the yeah. burden is more on how many teams could actually afford that compared to being like, oh, yeah, he's in his prime. Literally, if if, if, if we had more space for teams in, in the salary cap era that we're in right now, we would see yeah. way more teams throw the bag at Timo Meyer than the San Jose Sharks. They wouldn't they would give a damn yeah. about a $10 million qualifying offer. The problem with the trade deadline is everyone looks at it with a static evaluation. As if like all first round picks are created equal, or if all teams should be making the same decisions. Like that's not true. Like it shouldn't. Teams don't statically evaluate, you know, players and prospects. Like the Leafs trading a first round pick should be an obvious move. The Devils trading the first round pick should be obvious. You know, like Tampa Bay Lightning shooting yeah. off all of their first round picks forever. And historically, yeah. it's worked for them. They have two cups, a finals appearance, and maybe another one coming. You know, I mean, I do think the Leafs yeah. will beat the Lightning. That's another story for another day, but. Like they're the class of these for a reason, and that's because they get into predictions now, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think I think when it comes to the pick thing, like in hockey, like whether you're a fan, media member, like I, I guarantee, even if you work in an organization, we love to play the game of we could have got X. Mm. You know, we'd love to look at the draft, like oh, who went where in like 2012, and you look like who the pick above and below, or like the year where you didn't have a pick. It's like oh, that pick could have been Anaheim's or whatever. So I, I think there's there's so much hyper focus on that, it's, especially in hockey. Like in basketball, NFL, like doesn't matter. Like the picks to pick, the numbers a number. But I think in hockey, we really fixate on like, oh, we could have got like that player and that player. But I also think, you know, Julian, to your point, I also think that speaks to like the hard salary cap system that we're in, and that making deals and making trades is so difficult. So like sometimes a lot of teams need to focus on the draft. And like the first round is the easiest way to go about it. And not every team can have those hits in the second, third round, even like the fourth and the fifth, or like we praise team, we praise teams for like finding star players in the seventh round. It's like, yeah, like you knew, like, yeah, like you knew, you know what I mean? So I, I think, I think the over fixation on like the, the draft in the hard cap system that we have in the NHL, I think it's a reason why like fans, for example, maybe are, are apprehensive about giving first, but like Arun, you said it perfectly. Like, the, you know if you're a team that's trying to go for it like your first round pick shouldn't matter like you should you should go into even if things go south you should go into it thinking okay well that's a pick in the 20s anyway whatever fine so that's a that's a shot at another kendrick uh that we're probably going to mention at some point in this episode Ooh, boy <laughs> man <laughs> man more picks i'm watching all these picks flying around i'm like yeah, what like what have the Canucks picked up? Great, they picked up like a conditional first. You can get, you can get Kerfoot, Sam, and then could, flip him to someone else. I don't want Kerfoot. I want picks. You could but, get a second for Luke Shen if someone wants it. Oh, ouch! That's yes. I still think like flipping a second for Luke Shen is a lot, though. Like, come on, it's a lot for twenty-eight teams. It's not a lot for four or five teams who might need him. Right, but like very, very good. He has been very good, but like on a real on those some of those teams, it wouldn't matter that much. He'd be like number five, number six. I think he could probably, to be honest, like if it becomes like a bidding war, like like down the wire. Which shout out to the panelists who have to be on TV for eight hours to break break a Luke Shen trade. Like they they should stop it. Um, but yeah, like I I could if it becomes a bidding war, like I can see a team like saying, okay, yeah, sure, we'll give you a second like a second in someone for, for, um, for Shen, just because I don't know, he's, he's, he's found a way to look good 
on the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, well, sure. You know, like that, like there has to be like some, like him as a player is one thing. He's won cups. Yeah. You know, he wasn't like a, a key contributing factor. Yeah. He wasn't a key contributing factor, yes. whatever, but like he was there. He was you part of the team. Five picks for, for Janani. You're not going to give up a second, a second round pick for Luke Shen. Like one second round pick. Are you kidding me? No. Yeah, it's the I NHL. I think it's Patrick Goldman should be like, hey, I got a two time cup champion defenseman. Big tough guy. You want him? Like, who's not giving him a pick for that? I don't understand. Are we really like, we really just do not care about picks anymore? Like, sure. how do these I teams do. build? Well, I like, care about picks. I want them. Yes. <laughs> Give them to me. I mean, like, look, look at how Chicago's stacked up for like the next like few years. They have a bunch yeah. of picks. But like, that's the thing is, is like, I, it used to drive me nuts. Again, we're like a team like Tan or like Pittsburgh or something would like every year just throw their picks into the freaking sun and still be competitive. But like, yeah, you drafting the players is one thing. You have to develop them. There's still free agency, right? Yeah. Every year there are all these players who go like unqualified, for example. There are college free agents who like finish their tenure or whatever. So it's like, you know, who I I don't know. I'm I'm just like I don't like I I can I can understand like I used to be, again, as a Leafs fan who played the game of like, oh my gosh, like this player went here, this player went there. Like in the system right now, we have prospects who can probably make the team, who can play in the NHL right now. And I think that's where you want to be. And I think where teams get themselves in trouble is where they overvalue, they overvalue or they don't really properly evaluate the prospects that they have. They trade all their picks and they think that they have prospects that can fill those holes and they don't. Um, so I don't know. I think if you're, I think if you're the Leafs, I think if you're the Rangers, I think if Edmonton, if you're Edmonton, hold, hold Edmonton. Oh. We'll get to the Rangers first, and then we'll get to Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about the fact that the Rangers. Uh, I mean, as we speak right now, uh, we mentioned all this flurry of activity, and Patrick Kane has not joined uh, the Blue Shirts in New York yet. I mean, it's, it seems like it's going to be like a foregone conclusion. How do we feel about Patrick Kane? the new york ranger like is, is this is this cool is this not cool like do they need patrick kane i i like it because i like chaos but like some people feel like they might be loaded enough already and maybe they just don't need it it's gonna it's be so a justifiable fleecing and i can't wait to see the return it's gonna be like a conditional fifth <laughs> <laughs> zero leverage zero yeah. leverage Bruh. zero <laughs> I think it's a curious they got Kane after they got Tarasenko. I mean, exactly. They, they might be the players that are the most identical to each other in the whole league in the way they play. I mean, Kane obviously has a higher ceiling and he's shown he can turn it on. I mean, that first game we played against Toronto, I was there and he didn't care. And then four days later, he scores a hat trick. And now he's had seven goals and 10 points his last four games. Like, Kane can still turn it on when he wants to. Tarasenko does not sure, but like, they're both like high end offensive wingers who like have name value recognition that sort of exceeds what they are currently. And they're both highly defensively negligent. Like they don't play a lick of defense out of those yeah. dudes. So yeah. like, you know, for all this, you know, we can get into like, the war of attrition and like playoff grittiness and all of that. And both these guys have won cups, but like, you know, like are the Rangers like harder to play against? No. Like do they have three scoring lines? Yeah. And now the last 20 games of the season is just going to be an experiment as to like what lines are working. Cause correct me if I'm wrong. Like you have the kid line in place, but it feels like they haven't had any like, you know, continuity with their lines this year. So we'll see what happens, but like they got like two highly offensive gifted players who play no defense at all. And that could get them killed against the devils. I think guys, we have a trade to announce. 
Is it Kane to the Rangers? No. <laughs> imagine. Did you imagine? No, it's the Buffalo Sabres uh, acquire Riley Stilvet from the Vancouver Canucks True. in exchange for forward Josh Bloom. So uh, no draft picks. No picks. picks. No picks. No picks. Nope. Sam, thoughts? Uh, <laughs> I mean... I would say the Canucks shouldn't be trading away any defensemen, but also it's Riley Stillman. So <laughs> I got nothing for you. You're just but flipping chairs on the Titanic. Riley Stillman's like greatest contribution to the Canucks was um, that time he led them in ice time after the first period for Team Tank. Ooh, Sorry, he's not good. Like that is the most insignificant. He's good at like, in the NHL, but he's like not good for the NHL. Jesus, that's an interesting trade to make. I thought you would have said like, "Oh, Riley Stillman made some random hit in a game," or Riley Stillman had this funny quote. It's like, "Congratulations, you led the team in ice time after what, like a a period?" That's like the most like, like that's that's come on, like this is like a like who cares? (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It was the Stillman brother, maybe, but I don't know. I mean, it is so. The interesting, so it's another forward prospect or young player that the Canucks are getting. Yeah. Um, I've been Stillman, off over the yeah. Weekend. And Stillman had another year on his deal. I think that that's what's kind of, that's what I guess kind of like, like stuck out for me. Cause he has another year on his, on his deal at 1.35 and he would have ended as an RFA. And you're like, he's still young. Like he's 20, 24. I don't know. Huh. Interesting. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, Sabres, I thought it was going to be like a bigger deal based on a like the lead up you gave Julian, but also B, like they are sort of like an interesting team, like of the yeah. bubble teams, and they could go in any direction they want to without giving up, you know, one direction or another. So I just thought the Sabres actually got like a real like player here. When you, yeah, you know. I don't, I don't think the, I don't think the Sabres want to try to make it just to get freaking murdered by Boston. <laughs> honestly i only did it because because i saw uh the link kind of come through our thanks to our, our great producer karen breen for just passing the link around and Shout i out. just wanted to just bait you guys into thinking it was a big trade mission accomplished yeah. <laughs> no i mean it, it is it is how many wingers does a team need like what is the i don't, I don't understand <laughs> i mean i don't care but i still don't understand i don't know yeah uh Hey, maybe maybe before we finish, we will find some other big trade going down, and maybe the Canucks will actually get drafted. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to the back to the Kane thing. Like, I think the what well, what's interesting. So I'm looking at their daily faceoff right now, and they have Barclay Goudreau in on that second line right wing spot. Mm-hmm. On the left wing is uh, is uh, Panarin. Now you make that trade. Do you try to rekindle that Kane Panarin type of thing, and you move Goudreau back to uh, down to the third line, which I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched too many Rangers games, but like on Tampa, he was sick on the third line. Like that mm-hmm. line with him and Gordon and Coleman were awesome. So yeah, great third that, line. Are you just trying to like kind of build build into the offense? You score, you score, and you're in your and you leave your kind of bottom six to kind of be do more of the heavy lifting. I don't know. Again, I am personally, I am more interested in the return than the trade and the impact on the team. I just want to see because I just don't want to imagine. Kyle Davis and just like flipping his table after having to like tell the league like hey we want to make it official that the Chicago Blackhawks are sending Patrick Kane and a fifth to the New York Rangers for a conditional sixth and like I don't know Ryan Carpenter. Future considerations. <laughs> Future consideration. That would be hilarious. 
that like I don't know, man. Like I don't envy I don't envy Davidson here because like he needs to move Kane because you have to get something for Kane. Mm-hmm. But like he can't get like I'm I don't think he's gonna get anywhere close to what he would want. So hey, I guess that's that's the beauty of a no move, man. Man. Imagine if we all had to move contracts. I think it would be great if the Chicago Blackhawks couldn't move either Taves or Kane. <laughs> that would they both be... have to finish out their careers on that team. Man. That would be funny. There, here's the thing. Like, I get like for for Jonathan Taze, like with 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 what he's got going on, that kind of limits him mm-hmm. uh, with regards to him being traded. Uh, that being said, uh, I thought your comment, Sam, had some hateration in that one. <laughs> there was some haterade being sipped through. Uh, <laughs> you really are a Vancouver. I know you like the Avalanche sometimes, but that that came from a hateful place. Oh, I don't just hate the Hawks because of the Vancouver Canucks. I hate the Hawks for a lot of reasons. Well, there's a lot of reasons to hate Chicago. Let's be real. Really, and really did you enjoy that um, Chicago tweet of like Patrick Kane with Kane or New. Oh, nice, nice little silver oh. platinum. Yeah. Ooh, yeah okay can we can we take a moment before we get to the western conference here uh that tweet with uh patrick kane that kane or new what the hell are you thinking oh like like no it doesn't like i i, I just they open themselves up to getting roasted with yep. that tweet i hope they i hope they realize what they did because well if they did they did well they clearly did because they built the tweet but like that's just what are you doing yeah oh boy anyway uh, let's go to the Western Conference. Let's talk about. Um, oh, actually, before we do that, uh, I should mention uh, the Bruins and Dmitry Orlov, and they still look really good. They might not even need to do that much before the deadline. It's like, what do you get your friend who has everything? Like, you get them another card. You know, like, why well, I thought Bruins think quickly. The first thing I thought was like Hampus Lindholm and Brandon Cardo. I talked to them this year when they were in town, and they both were just sort of were like, our team's really good because we have mobile defensemen who enter the rush and they trust us to like to get chances like they're the most confident team i've ever seen they just walked in like sup we know we're good and came in beat the hell out of the leafs and left like then then they got another like mobile defenseman for nothing like like that might go down as the most underrated deal of the deadline just because the bruins are so good and people are sort of just like well of course they got like another good player but like the game dimitri Olaf for nothing is just like it makes the Angels' best team a lot better, and it may go on the radar just because how Boston has been so good already. Like, frustrating, man. Frustrating, especially if you want to see, you know, <laughs> if you want to see another team get out of that division. But yeah, yeah, I didn't, great move. I, yeah, I didn't think they had the cap. They they had like the assets to even like to significantly add at the deadline. So, um, believe me when I tell you, the no from me was loud. Um. <laughs> Cause yeah, it's just like it's a team that like even if they like even if they didn't do anything, like they're still a force going into the playoffs. And now they 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 Boston has this crazy way of just finding players that just complement their freaking organization so freaking well. So like like Tell Jimmy really love and, and and Hathaway men like yeah. yeah. There's another part of it too, man. It's like they were like linked to Gavrikov for so long, and Orlov's a much better player. So <laughs> just, like come on. <laughs> Yeah, shout out Columbus for thinking that people would bite on like a defenseman in exchange for like a first, a third, and a Yo, fourth. Ke- like so many picks. Keiko lighting goof, man. Yeah. Now they're going to have to. Because like that, that was the talk. They're like, they don't, they don't want to trade him. I'm like, well, now you don't have to. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone already got, did their business. It's fine. Keep them. 
Yeah. Looks like the only thing that could stop the Boston Bruins is due diligence. Hmm. Man. <laughs> I'm saying really that. Wait, sorry, what was that? The Bruins barely beat the Canucks two days ago. They needed a Linus Allmark goalie goal. Yeah, that was sick. That was, that cool. was pretty sick. That was cool. You gotta give it. You gotta give it that. We got. We got. We got. Shout out Linus Allmark or Linus Goalmark as he's been uh, nicknamed. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Has a goalie ever won a Vezina Trophy and scored a goal in the same year? I think that solidifies it. No. Uh, I don't. I mean, know. if if Brewer scored in his Vezina year, maybe, but that's probably it, sure. right? Um, yeah, Pecorine scored a goal in 2020, but he didn't win the Vezina that year. I don't no. think he did. He would have been past his prime. Anyway, um, so we've gone through a lot of the Eastern Conference teams. Uh, the Western Conference, relatively quiet by comparison. Ivan Barbashev going from St. Louis to Vegas. Uh, Nino Niederreiter for a pick to Winnipeg. That's basically it. Why is the Western Conference so quiet? Isn't the Western Conference supposed to be this wide open conference and all these teams, you know, they're, they're kind of just there and there's something for the taking if anyone wants to go get it, but everyone's just kind of sitting back and being like, nah, it's like going to some like dance when you're in like high school and like all the kids are like on the wall. They don't want to do anything. It's like, what, what's going on? I don't, something. I don't, I don't, maybe it's because like, like the West is like open, like there's no one really taking over, but like Vegas has made a move. Minnesota's just been being the third team and getting all these picks out of nowhere. Money Dallas on. got Dadanov. Colorado is Colorado. They don't really need to do anything. They got Jack Johnson back. Huh, Sam? Huh? Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, what they need to do is replace Kadri before the trade deadline. <laughs> So it's Thanks. like, so but also, uh, okay, I have to give a shout out to my to my buddy Brad because he specifically said there are no podcasts talking about it. So can you please talk about the Winnipeg Jets, man? Mm-hmm. Like, but the, when they were good, we didn't talk about them as much. We were That's just true. like, okay, yeah, they're the they're the first, and they're first in the the central, whatever. You know, other teams will catch up, but then they just stayed there. They were good. We didn't talk about them, and now they're going in the other direction. And I feel like there's there there's still not enough people talking about it. Like now, like as of this recording, they're in. They've lost three games in a row. I think they've only won like like six of like their last sixteen games or something like that. They can't score a goal, or, or they, it's really difficult for them to. They're going back to like Paul Maurice level line combinations. Like I, I think I'm pretty sure Wheeler, Wheeler Shifley, and Connor is a, a thing again. And now they're in now they're in a wild card spot. And again, Calgary, man, there are so many teams that are so lucky Calgary sucks this year. Cause Cal- man, because they're like if Calgary was good, like Winnipeg would have so much more pressure. I feel like the Oilers have so much more pressure. Seattle's like is, is in, a, in a wild card spot spot again um, as well. Like right now, like Calgary is the only team I think who's not in a Cal- who's not in a playoff spot that can still like push for one because yeah. like Nashville's pretty much peace off, St. Louis is peace off, and then Vancouver, Arizona, and so on and so forth. So like, man, like the Flames, but is but, but is but it's not like they have like I mean they like, they have Dustin Wolf and Matthew Coronado as like their biggest trade chips as prospects, and then a first round pick wow. that might be middling around, and already your next two are already have all these conditions. Like they might end up with just like James Van Reems like. 
and Luke Shen, which would kind of be reminiscent of the Leafs in a weird way. But like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm not. Ex- <laughs> but like, I, I, I well, maybe Nazem Kadri will like that. But like, I don't know. Like, I'm not expecting anything big from the Calgary Flames, and I'm I will be happy yeah. to be wrong if they find some wild deal and they they get like Luke Shen and Brock Besser. But like, something about this team just. They're not hitting right. A lot of people, they've been mid all year. They haven't had a three-game winning streak since, like, the first three games of the year. Every other streak they've had has been, like, two wins in a row or, like, one win, then a loss. Then, like, they're just too inconsistent. Like, I can understand why people don't want this team to, like, ball out at the deadline. Like, they're they're just kind of mid. So I don't really expect them to really get any big piece. Maybe they'll probably just buy low, kick tires on somebody, and then just go. And I think that's probably what we're going to get. But hey, but, I, I'm like, happy to be. As someone who covers the team, like, what is the sense around the team? Like, do you get like sort of like a vibe around them that like they're underperforming, or do they want yeah. a guy? Yeah, uh, like, yeah, like they 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 know they know they're not like playing up to standard. But I think like they keep saying they're like, oh, we're, we have a group of leaders in here, and we know you know seasons go through ups and downs, and and turning of the tide and all that, and we can figure this out in the next couple of games. It's like okay, but when are you guys going to actually do this? Like a lot of people are wondering like, when are this, when is this team actually going to turn it on the other day? Like Daryl Sutter had this like little like morning skate presser where uh, I think he was asked about like the Vegas game by Eric Francis from Sportsnet. I know people don't like Eric Francis, but like, like Daryl clearly makes like a little like swipe at it and be like, well, yeah, I'm cheering for the flames. Not everyone here is, but that's clearly like, one, it's a swipe at media, but two, you're trying to get like all these people to be like, yeah, man, you know, no one believes in us. You know, we're the Flames. We're going to believe it ourselves. Y'all got 22 games or 21 games, whenever this episode comes out, to get your ish together so that way people can actually believe in you. Because through 60-something games, I don't think enough. I don't think they've done enough for people to justifiably believe in this team. Like, people were saying, all right, you know what? Maybe they'll figure it out. They'll head to the playoffs, and maybe they're a team that's like, you know, you don't want to face them because of their structure. They might not even make it in. So, like, mm-hmm. they need to figure it out. That's my sense. And here's another thing too, and like I'm I'm looking at the standings, it's actually hilarious because like I forgot this happened last year. We could have a rematch of one of the one of the first round matchups of last year in the Pacific Division with the Oilers and the Kings. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. Oh, we could now the, the Kings, it sounded like they were getting chicken. If they do, and the Oilers don't do anything. And the Kings win win that series. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I yes, the Oilers have Connor McDavid. The Oilers Leon have Leon Dreisaitl. But, but I I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Edmonton wins that series. I really don't. With or without Chikrin. Yes, and I'm saying that with my chest. Whole. Like, <laughs> so I... I so I don't know. I I don't I don't know. I don't get the thought process. I really don't, of of like of not making a, some type of addition like every year, especially this year. Like, and some I'm seeing some Oilers fans saying like, oh well, they don't need to. Like like the the West is wide open. I'm like, isn't that like more of a reason to do that so yep. you can guarantee that you can make it all the way? Yep. Like, dude, dumb things happen in the playoffs, man. The Kings made it as the eighth seed and they knocked out freaking San Jose and they were down three one or three nothing. Was it three one or three nothing? Only 60 Devils in the final. Like yeah, like like crazy things happen. So like 
I, I really don't get like this, like this thought process of the Oilers organization just like just not Joel Edmonds, like really? That that's the he's that's not even hundred percent healthy. Like, come on, man. I oh my gosh, I don't I don't get it. I don't know. It's kind of funny we think of Oh, sorry. You, you finish your thought because there's something else I want to add to that. No, I was just saying, like, I feel like we talk about this like every week. I just like I, I don't understand like the, the the organization's thought process. I really don't. Yeah, we, we do talk about the Oilers every week. And it's funny because we we're talking about how teams who are really good, you know, really don't need to consider their draft picks mm-hmm. as much. And it's funny because mm-hmm. the Edmonton Oilers, fine, they are not in a, you know, they're not top of their division, even though they are not that far off. But like because they have the star power that they have. They, you could easily lump them in that group of teams that really don't need to give that much of a damn about their first round picks or their second round picks in 2025 or whatever. You should be doing everything you can to keep those two players happy mm-hmm. and keep them in Edmonton Oilers colors for the rest of their lives. You Sam, know, Sam, you do you think Luke Shen would be a good uh, Edmonton Oiler? No, no, thank you because you should be able to leave, right? Perfect. What? One for one. Oh You're really trying to move Kerfoot, man, for for cap yes, really like, like, yes. are, you, are you are you wait are you Kyle Dubas's mouthpiece? Like what are you doing? You his agent? <laughs> Julian, we've talked about this. I I cannot be I cannot actually work for the Leafs. I'd be fired the next day. I That'd can't. be a great story. <laughs> It'd be a twenty four hour like documentary. My twenty four hours working for the Leafs. I'd be fired like literally like I nah I, I that's know. a whole in the mentions episode or zone time episode. <laughs> So I walked into the office and I said, Hey, we should trade Kerfoot for Shen one for one. And then they asked me to leave and I said, No. And they got security. And then while they were dragging me out, I screamed, Just offer 50% retention, throw in a pick. Kyle, we can do this. And then they threw me out. Oh, man. I still, I still want, I still want Omar at a, at a Leafs game, sitting directly under Kyle Dubas's like box, it would just be like, make, make it happen. Apply for a credential suit, man. Yo, Arun, Arun, switch seats, <laughs> switch seats with Omar the next time he's at a Leafs game, okay? Because I know you're you're pretty close to it. Oh, just be- I'm yeah, I'm like fortunate enough to sit next to the Dubas box, and it's I'm not gonna say anything. It gets interesting though, but <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, no, let him do it. Please let him do it. Uh, is there anything else we want to mention uh, with regards to trades or any player movement before we get to uh, the Sakima Lou story uh, coming out from uh, earlier today? Just want to make sure we cover all of our bases before we get to some actual reporting. Yeah, uh, we, we haven't we talked about the Leafs to... trades, but or did you guys talk about last week? I don't know. The Leafs. No, Leafs... I mean we we kind of touched off on O'Reilly and last week, I think. Uh, oh, okay, and, yeah. and we kind of touched yeah. off on on Lafferty and and and, and McCabe today. I mean, Omar yeah, was really yeah. happy about that. For my, sure. my, my thoughts on like McCabe is like he's he's fine. Like he's good. Like I think I was talking to Mackenzie Liddell today, uh, and he sort of like taught me into McCabe a little bit more. Sam Lafferty does nothing for the least. Like he, oh. like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I don't want to be critical of the guy, but like he might be the 12 forward on a team that has 15 NHL forwards. Like so, we'll see what he turns out to be. If he's part of the group that brings a cup back to Toronto, I'll rescind my comments. But, like, is he notably better than Zach Aston Reese? I'm not sure. Anyway. Wow. Do you have wood behind you? Can you just, like, knock on it? That's the second time you mentioned. Thank you. Thank you. Also, Karen Breen and Mackenzie Liddell get mentions on the show. The senior producers of this show <laughs> getting mentions? Jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, we've gone through that. Let's get to uh, this really interesting story. Uh, that came out from earlier today. Uh, TSN's request had uh, all over that, but also Arun has been all over that too for Yahoo Sports. 
essentially, and and please fill in some blanks if if we need to, sure. uh, Akimalu wanted to start an expansion team uh, in the Greater Toronto Hockey League that would have assured spots for BIPOC players, mandates for female representation, uh, persons of color working in managerial positions, and it looked as if that they were going to have significant financial backing from companies like Scotiabank and, and Heinz uh, Canada as well. Uh, also having a VHDA involved and another investment partner running the operations, but they're essentially uh, that whole group uh, did not get the approval to get that started. And we're at the position now where that story's out and uh, you know, obviously Akeem and his camp are not happy about that, but Arun, I know you've been, uh, you've been reporting on this and just, we could start with you with it, but like, what were your actually, what were your reactions to this story and, and, and how do you feel about how all of this has unfolded? I mean, without giving too much away, I knew the story was going to come out. It was just a matter of time. Like, I knew Rick had all the, the details for it. So, I mean, request as reporting was comprehensive. So, first off, I mean, uh, I'm glad Rick put everything out there. But, yeah, like, I knew that there was a story in the works for a few months now. Um, I just, you know, figuring out the principal players and partners in it involved, I guess, was just sort of the revelatory part for me today. But, um, yeah, it's, like, upsetting. Like, you know, Akeem has wanted to work with the Greater Toronto Hockey League for – quite some time i think there's this notion out there that he doesn't want to he didn't want to work with them which is not correct like he he came to them in to that in 2021 in the spring of 2021 with a plan um to build his own club with from grassroots to triple a to have a house league component all the way up triple a um which was heavily influenced by his own experiences playing hockey and i think akeem is a graduate not only is he a graduate of the greater toronto hockey league he is a graduate of the toronto marlboros which have sent Tons of AAA players to the NHL, uh, including Conor McDavid, John Tavares. Um, you know, out of any minor hockey program in Canada, it's probably them and like the North Shore Club in Burnaby that probably sent the most guys to the NHL, like by far. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, he played on the best Greater Toronto Hockey League team ever with, you know, John Tavares, Sam Gagne, Brendan Smith as minor hockey teammates. Like Akeem knows the Greater Toronto Hockey League inside out. So I feel like it's almost sort of insulting to his intelligence for the GTHL then to come back to him and say, you don't know you know the inner workings of how our league works or why we can't field uh you know competitive AAA teams i think their point of contention the gthls was which was shown in rick's report was that they erroneously believed that there wouldn't be enough quality players to field a new AAA team with enrollment numbers dropping due to the pandemic that was their on record rationale which seems ridiculous i think they also blanched at the figures that akeem had put Towards Akeem said the operating cost would be slightly over $1 million, which is, he didn't come up with that figure out of thin air. He used a parable from North York Rangers, who had, I think, a $1.5 million operating budget for their teams and said, look, we have two major fundings. From what I understand, Jim Nicopolis, uh, who's also worked in uh, venture capital at some point. like he Jim Nicopolis, in- just to give a full name for him. Yeah. Jim Nicopolis is given, like, he's like a venture capital guy who, was on board and we put the money together there. So um yeah, and then Scott Oakman and his camp, they were like impasse for a few months. And I think it was Akeem really wanted to get this program up and running for this calendar year, this 2022-23 season. And in September, they basically said we can only run house league or we can only run single A and your program's not tenable if you put a triple A component to it, to which Akeem walked away from it because it's ridiculous that you can't have AAA players. And like, you know, people talk so much about representation and this would have definitely afforded, you know, better representation in the Greater Toronto Hockey League. I mean, the Greater Toronto Hockey League is the largest minor hockey league in the world. Toronto has the most public arenas in the world. 
and yet the sport is prohibitively unaffordable for uh for so many black indigenous and other people of color in the sport like and it's not just you know a representation story but like Akeem is from Parkdale the same neighborhood like I live in now he came up through the house league system and then he quickly rose into a triple a star while saying on record several times like he barely had enough money to afford skates and then he rose up through the GTHL ranks and got drafted sixth overall into the OHL draft and unfortunately landed on like, the worst possible OHL team possible for him I mean who knows how his career would have gone if had he been drafted to a different team right i think like if he didn't draft where brandon smith was one spot later you know to the Mississauga st michael's majors like his career could have been drastically different i think you know for akeem what's been clear to me in working with him and reporting on him i've written two feature stories on him and you know getting sense of like he wants to make hockey better for children i think that's his, his goal overall i think there are issues you know in the sport um that you know maybe can't be changed with from adults you know you can't really necessarily change how adults but they, they it's clear that he wants to make hockey better for children what also should be pointed out too that akeem has a youth hockey league running right now the grassroots original hockey league uh run by the hockey diversity alliance is up and going and they provide free programming for for kids free of charge with equipment i was there for the registration for the sign up the on ice component is up and going uh, Aaron Atwell is one of the coaches, just for some context. Aaron Atwell just finished his ECHL career. He played on Akeem's minor hockey team, too, with the Marlboros. He played in the uh, Junior A for Streetsville Derbies. Um, I'm forgetting offhand like where he played college hockey, but he just finished his professional career, and he does a lot of the nice instruction for them. So they're getting professional quality instruction. Akeem has like the framework in place and has a tangible lead running. But I think it was really important for him to, you know, to put this forth to the Greater Toronto Hockey League and the fact that you have these groups, you know, saying all the right things but not following up with action, I think that would be, you know, Keane's point of contention. You know, I don't want to necessarily want to single anyone out, but I want to talk to, I guess, a broader issue in hockey, which is people have co-opted the language of suffering really well, and they know what to say. And we see lots of people in our sport, and you've seen it in the zone time chat too. I've named some people my names too. They'll say representation matters. And if you clap your hands three times, say representation matters, a white liberal will think that you've solved systemic racism. And that's just, <laughs> and it's just not the case. Like, I think, you know, Akeem and I had connected not only because I know his career intimately, we're the same age, and, you know, I really like admire the teams he pl played on, but also to the point of like, we sort of both realize that people co-op language and there's no linkage towards policy. And I think this story sort of shows one of his great frustrations in working with groups. You know, I think people sometimes have this misconception of Akeem of him, like just wanting to like burn things to the ground and not wanting to be a receptive guy. And it's not the case. He's, he wants to make hockey better. He wants to like talk to people, but he has a no BS like filter about him. Like you just, you can't impress this guy with buzzwords. And I think that's what the DHHL just tried to do. They tried to buzzword him away. They tried to buzzword away his presentation. Like, I've seen the presentation. You know, I guess this is on record now, but Akeem had sent me the presentation he delivered to the Ontario Hockey Federation board, and it was comprehensive. And it was shown in Rick's story today, the 20-page, 27-page uh, document that he showed to the Ontario Hockey Federation. Um, you know, I have that. And I went through it, and this was in January. It was a comprehensive presentation. I can't see for any other reason why the GCHL would reject it other than 
I'm not going to go as far as to say racism, but at least some sort of bias, some sort of like implicit bias towards him because, you know, it had funding objectives. It had how this program is sustainable in it. It's, it, you know, the corporate sponsorship that Rick showed, like, you know, with Scotia Baker Hines, they were in. So I can't fathom a reason why the Toronto Dream program wouldn't work. Um, and again, like, I got to speak to Peter McKinnis today. I cold called him, the president of the Don Mills Flyers Hockey Club, who, again, he referred to Asian people as Oriental people. Is that today. is there is that not a better sign that like diversity is needed than like seeing someone who works for well the Don Mills Flyers, their president, saying a comment like what he did? Like, so yeah, seen that word in a long that, time. But like the number of GTHL affiliated people on Twitter who are like it's not a big deal that he referred to Asian people as Oriental is wild. Well, we got to buy him some Edward Said books for Christmas, but I mean, it's, it's, it's wild, but like, I think, you know, and that's obviously what I like, took off today. And, and, and of course it's horrible, but I guess like, I just sort of want to stick to the, the you know, the, the comprehensiveness of the right. story, right? Like not right. Peter McKinnon is being stuck in, you know, 1980, you know, and I call, I call called Peter and he seemed like surprised. And it's like, bro, your number is publicly listed on Don Mills Flyer website. Like, you know, like, and he initially tried to defer to like, well, I, you know, it's all in Rick's story. But then like when I asked him about the Toronto Dream, he's like, oh, we fully support Toronto Dream. And we wanted to work with House Leagues first. And of course, like Akeem would be doing that through that. So that's what we're doing. And I'm like, okay, ma'am, sure. And then we tried following up the Greater Toronto Hockey League today. They said the president wasn't in the office. I know that Ian Kennedy, who does a lot of good stuff with hockey news and for Yahoo Sports, he also tried following up as well. And Ian and I sort of um, shared notes today. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think this story, I mean, it's important by itself, but it's also sort of reflective of like the performative nature of leagues and teams. And, you know, because minor hockey is the way where we can improve the sport overall. I mean, in covering racism in hockey for four years now, you know, it's hard to get institutions to change it's hard to get adults to change learned behaviors but you can make the sport better for youth and i think that is what akeem's underlying mission is he's doing it right now you know if you guys have seen the film black ice which is now readily available in canada on crave mm -hmm. you know like it's not just when there are stories in the news or you know a 13 year old kid gets racially abused like akeem works with kids on a daily basis like kids are calling him on a daily basis for support and guidance and mentorship. You know, when I went to one of the grassroots hockey league's events, like I'm not going to get into specifics, Good plot. But, but there was a minor, like a parent of a minor and Akeem basically asked me to sort of like provide like some sort of like counseling in the sense of like where they can go for next steps and who they should reach out to over, uh, you know, some bullying, some racialized bullying, you know, and that's just like one And I, I tried my best to help and, you know, told the told the parent they have my phone number and they can call me anytime. But you know, that's just like one like sort of micro like aspect of the work that this guy does on a daily basis. So I think you know, it it definitely pissed him off and it certainly pisses me off that there you have this huge huge body that is probably the only American comparable is like the AAU system or the Nike AAU circuit in basketball. And, you know, it, I can't even, like, state, like, how large GT Shell is when it comes to figuring out the scope of minor hockey in Canada. And for them to sort of say all the right things publicly and partner with certain organizations publicly 
and then sort of stonewall a real grassroots initiative that wasn't coming just from anyone, but from the from the graduate of the best AAA team to ever come up in league's history is uh, infuriating. So shout out to Keyman. He does he does great work. Um, you know, sometimes as journalists, we sort of have to draw the line between like how much help we can provide. But I'm willing to give him the time anytime he wants. You know, we have to help. We have to sort of amplify his message. But sort of absorb beyond just messaging and getting caught up in Peter McInnes's like racist statement, like where like policy needs to be enacted. I think that's often the missing link between things. Like people get outraged about language, you know, that's why you're seeing like dudes have also like co-opted the language of sexual assault through the Me Too movement, and they're also gonna be terrible guys. They know what to say. You know, people can understand, they can quickly learn language to say the right things, but if there's no policy connection. Um, it totally peters out. And I think that's what you're seeing in the story that Rick has. You know, I'm going to try to keep following up on it and reaching out to context as best as I can. And, um, but yeah, it's a very frustrating story to come out of my hometown. Um, and shout out to Akeem and Hockey Diversity Alliance for doing some great work here. I hope we're able to follow up on this uh, as we normally do with stories like this on, on, on Zone Time. I like that we have the platform that we have to give light to these stories and it's 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 normally like we we see stories like that and we're like oh okay like we're giving our opinions on it i i can't think of any other time where we've had one of us on the show like actively like working on that story so mm-hmm. the fact that we were able to have you on today uh i mean we love having you on period but like the fact that you're on we really locked out no it, it, it's fun man like i don't want like credit for this as part of my job but also like rick deserves credit rick like beat me to the story well and, of course uh, rick rick Westhead Westhead deserves and Andy he's Comprehens- the best working journalist in canada period right rick, now. Rick, rick you know rick comprehensively reported it i'll you know do the best i can in the coming days but i think he deserves credit and i don't want like credit for stories like this like i'd rather have credit on my ryan o'reilly analysis because that you know what i mean because it's covering stories that have just recent hockey i'm not trying to get a pat on the back it's something we all should do so anyway yeah yeah um do we have any anything else we want to add to that before we wrap up yeah i, I mean i think just like from everything that arun detailed like within in the story and then then the and then the, the the word the words and, and the policies and the lack of policies and stuff again i i just the whole time i was thinking of and i don't know if this i think this is last year um where um you know, a, a player, I think, had made a racist comment to another player and, you know, the idea of, like, you know, there's no 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 no, uh, no racism in hockey. And I remember Wayne Simmons had a comment on it, and he I don't remember what he said, like, word for word, but I remember he pretty much said, like, you know, at this moment, like, he doesn't know if, he, if his kid, if he wants to get his kids into hockey. And again, this is a person who has made a lot of money, like, and has, you know, will have a lot, a lot of time, you know, and after his career is done. So it's not from a place of, like, time or money, it's just from a place of safety. And you know, there's that that safety waivers depending on who you are for sure. So, um, it's a disappointing story, definitely. But you know, I think the fact that it has come out and that we can continue to talk about it and not sweep it under the rug, I think, is huge and important. And I think, you know, um, figures who are reporting these stories and again, uh, people like Akim Akimalu who are doing this work, I think, is significant. So, yeah, if I held up this book, uh, it's a great. You know, I'm not. Oh, yes. Great, great, great book. Yeah, Akimalu um, Dreamer. Up. I should have mentioned it when you did. Uh, mm-hmm. Just for our audio listeners who might not be watching on video, yeah. but yeah, uh, Omar hold, held up a, a copy of his book, Dreamer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic book. Of course. Um, yeah, I'm glad we were able to allot all that time uh, for that story. Uh, on top of all the other trade news, this is the last show we're doing before the NHL trade deadline. So when we come back next week, 
Uh, who knows what all these teams will look like? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the trade deadline is on Friday. That's true. So, Sam, Kerfoot like, for Shen. Watching eight hours of trade deadline coverage at this point. Man, can imagine working the eight hours. That's one thing. It's one because, like, I'm I'm probably going to be I'm pro- this is going to be like my first time working a trade deadline, like covering a team, like like full on. So I'm probably going to be at like the Saddle Dome like all day, just in case something happens. Sam, what's your ideal trade on Friday? Like your ideal deadline day trade for the Canucks or just anybody? Just anyone. That is a tough question. It's a toss-up between the Canucks trading JT Miller. <laughs> or not happening. Bunch of picks and some great prospects. I mean, honestly, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Um, no. I don't know. I want to see the abs do something. Mm. Are there centers care. available? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, who would be the highest profile center available right now? Why is my brain short circuiting? I feel like it really should not be short circuiting now, but like it feels as if like if they were trying to get some kind of high impact center, unless there's a name I'm completely blanking on, like you're 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 gonna get like a just a depth guy really, or someone whose star has like fallen off. Yeah, because I don't see like any teams who like aren't in playoff spots who have like centers to sell. Yeah, it's not something that, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, Kevin Hayes is not a center. Isn't he's a really he? Good... Wait, he's a center? I forgot. Um, No, he's a winger. No, he's, he's, a a winger. he's a winger. No, like, it's not It's not something that, like, you're, like, no. Like, you're not, uh, I don't know, do, do, you, do you want, uh, <laughs> pick your, pick your, you pick your, uh, your Thomas mid- to- Tomas Hurdle. Oh, there we go. Oh, we want to hear. You saw what the Meyer deal was. Kevin Hayes is a center. Sorry. Hurdle on the outs could be fun. That'd be stupid. I'd be so upset. (laughs) (laughs) I would be so so sick. I would be so mad. (laughs) Actually, Kevin Hayes. The the way the abs season is going, he'd like land in Denver and immediately injure himself. You know what, Kevin Hayes? If Kevin Hayes as a center, I mean, he's having a pretty decent year in Philly. Depending on what the asking price is, I wonder if they've kicked tires on Kevin Hayes. That's something to actually look into. Oh no, I I think what we learned from I mean, just this deadline, but like every deadline, is that like not everyone knows everything that's going on. No, no. So like I I think I have to keep reminding myself of that, and like that's like no disrespect with like anyone insider, just like. No one knows. No one knows. Deals happen and they don't happen. Jacob Chickren's still freaking being scratched for trade related reasons. Yeah. That was like, well, like a week and a half ago. So, you know, he'll go to the Kings. The Kings will face Edmonton. And then, you know, Avery will like charge at Ken Holland with like a, I don't know, a pillow or something. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't wait to I can't wait to see what Avery's reaction to the Edmonton Oilers at the trade deadline will be. Maybe we'll get it on next week's edition or whenever he's next back on uh on zone time. Uh, another great episode, guys. Really appreciate you guys coming in and uh uh tapping in and, and talking about uh, the great sport of hockey as it is. Uh Arun, thanks as always. Sam as always, uh Omar as always. Thank you all so much and thank you for listening or watching the show, however you consume our podcast. Subscribe to the podcast whether on YouTube or on uh, Spotify. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Apple, whatever podcatcher audio thing you listen to. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the show. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy the rest of the trade deadline, people. Peace. Curve for Shen. Oh my God. Stop it. <laughs>